Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone. I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told, you have breast cancer, stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we've been given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery, and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. Hi everyone and welcome to this four-part mini-series where I'm still speaking to this amazing woman, Fitz Kohler, who is a fitness expert and a marathon race announcer from Florida, who not only did she go through her chemo treatment while having breast cancer that was so taxing on her body, but she continued to work through it and how she inspires others to move forward through their most challenging times. Fitz now uses her journey to guide others to live a better and longer life. Oh, here's the other thing that uh, gets a lot of great responses. So I talk about the things that the outside world that did that was weird for me. You know, there was a handful of things that people did. A lot of people did. And I thought it was strange. Um, and then so cancer patients and caregivers are they're pumping their fists because they're like, yes, please teach people. So first of all, when I was diagnosed, mm. it's incredible outpouring of love. And I <laughs> I would be a jerk if I didn't show tremendous appreciation for that. Yeah. But within that love, there was some people said, oh, you have breast cancer? Oh, just want to let you know, my mom died of breast cancer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> why would you tell me that? That's terrifying. That stresses me out. And then so many people, oh, my sister died of that. And I was like, wait a minute. And so I know they were trying to connect and trying to say, hey, yes. I feel for you. But yeah. what they did is, is, you know, they reminded me of the lethality of what I was facing. And Absolutely. So I was able to kind of laugh that stuff off in most regard with a, with a question mark over my head. But I know that that would probably destroy some people. Oh, yeah. They were told yes. those things. The other thing people said was, it's just hair. And man, I tell you what, you're right. It's just hair. And yeah. I've always considered it a fair exchange for my life. But shave your freaking head if it's just hair. It's not exactly. hair. Thank you. To me, if I didn't like it, I would have gotten rid of it years ago. It's not just hair. And then the third thing is all of the people who once, you know, well, they're like, oh, when your hair grows in, do you know it might be a different color? It might be really curly. It might be this. And I thought, really? So you're, you think it's fun to talk about the fact that this beautiful long blonde hair that I loved and lost Mm. never be the same this is fun for you and so you know trying to convince people that um what the information you know and you want to talk about it's not necessarily appropriate so when someone comes to you and says i have cancer what you say is science is incredible they are curing far more people yes. than losing i am i will be there for you and i will do anything to support you 
I, you've got, I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you, whatever. But, but yeah, there's this other thing. You oh, yeah. And I talked a bit about that and that's, you know, I think I feel, I feel really good about delivering those messages. Well, it's, it is important because I just went and had my yearly um, breast check. So three years cancer free. So, and that's exactly what happened. I'll tell you exactly what happened. The the first thing you said, because I walked in and my doctor, she's just seriously, I love her because she's a straight shooter. She's an amazing woman. And she gets my paper and she's like, yeah, everything's good. And I'm just sitting there and she's wondering, well, why aren't you happy? And I I just looked at her and I, I shook my head and she said, what's going on? And I said, what's going on is, and I, it's my fault, of course. I said, I'm going through all this social media and I'm part of different groups. And all I kept concentrating on is, hey, I was cancer-free for a year and it's come back. Hey, I was cancer-free for two years and it came back. Hey, I was cancer-free and now it's back and now it's worse and now it's terminal and now I'm going to die and da-da-da-da-da. And I said, why am I thinking that's my story? It's not my story. So it's int- exactly what she said. And I also actually had someone say to me, oh, no offence, Grace, my mum died. And I'm like, what? 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 My mum died of cancer. My mum did die of cancer eight years ago. So I lost my mum to, now I can't remember if it's uterus. It's one of those things that me and my sisters right. debate on, whether it was uterus cancer or cervical cancer. But she did have a secondary cancer, which was breast cancer. But it was one of the other ones that, you know, she passed away with. But if I looked at that, I'd be dead before cancer even got me. Does that make sense? Because I'd be living in fear. So, and the other thing you mentioned is people saying things like, oh, it's just hair or it'll grow back or, oh, you know. The thing is when people, before people would say, I had cancer myself, if people said I had cancer, I've just been diagnosed with cancer, I would actually say to them, I don't know what to say, but I'm here because as much as you want to support the person, like you said, unless you're educated, don't say anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, may, it just makes it worse. Things. Just say positive things. Anything that's kind hearted. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Say things that'll be, but you know, I got that too. Oh, oh, and I'm not sure if you did, but I got, um, Oh, my mum cured herself because she drank the juice of red beans after she's put it in the oven for 14 hours. Oh, mine, I don't know, did something else. And I'm thinking we're not all the same, guys. You know, it's not, um, you know, if I had to, if I had to try everything that was ever suggested to me, I'd probably die of poisoning (laughs) before anything. So a couple things. Um, my daughter just was recently employed and the, and the boss is a little extravagant. And she told my daughter, she said, oh, your mom shouldn't have done chemo. I could have healed her with my hands. <laughs> yeah. My daughter's so yeah. smart. But um, where did it go? It just chemo brain we were talking about yeah, it's okay. yeah no just saying how you know um trying different things you know people telling you to try different so, things they here this is where i was going is that what i decided right away is i had um two girlfriends one had cheryl who cheryl tyrone who just finished breast cancer treatment best breast cancer treatment and then my friend helen was going through it at the time those were the only two people outside of my medical team i was willing to share and ask for advice Everybody else, because everyone was saying, 
oh, like my cousin's aunt's brother's boss has breast cancer and they can, I can put you in touch. And again, they were being generous, but I laser focused. I picked a surgeon, an oncologist, a radiation oncologist that I thought were genius. There was the A team and that was all I needed. And then I had a few girlfriends were going mm-hmm. through it. Other than that, I put on blinders and I said, no, thank, thanks, but no thanks to every bit of advice. And uh, I, I highly recommend that route. It really Absolutely. Works. Yeah, I agree. Cause I talk about people who you have to have a dream team. Now, this dream team, I call it the dream team because the thing is when I walked out of the surgeon, because I actually got a second opinion. So my first surgeon, um, I'm, you know, I'm not here to, to, to bag or anything, but she wanted to do an auxiliary, auxiliary clearance in all my lymph nodes. And I wasn't really too keen on that because I thought if you don't need to do it, why are you doing it? So I wanted to get a second opinion. Um, and it's a blessing, this other one that I met. But when I remember I'm sitting in the car, Obviously, you're in shock. And my husband said, right, I need you to put a dream team together. And I remember looking at him going, what are you even talking about? He's like, you need to put a dream team. No matter who it is, you they will discuss everything. So what I did was I contacted five of the closest people around me. Now, they were into Western medicine, holistic, none of them, all of them everything, all types. You know, I even had one guy who we called him MS-DOS because he knew everything out there in the in the in computer world, you know. And so what we did is we actually um, sat down and I said, right, guys, this is what we're dealing with. And I spoke to these people like we're in it together. This is what we got. However, whatever decision I made, my husband would have backed it up 10,000%. And, and that's really, I think, um, a point that all patients of all kinds need to know is that your doctors are service providers and they are consultants. You make the decision. And so my would offer, okay, this is what I recommend. If you do this, there's a 94.3% chance we're going to mm-hmm. kill it. If you add on this thing, it's almost like being at a restaurant and saying, yeah, I'm going to have the onions on top of yeah. it. <laughs> I got yeah. to choose. And if there was something I didn't feel comfortable with, I said no, and uh, what I learned, you know, it took a little bit of time, but um, I was a, I was a wimpy patient. Needles make me cry. They still, if I had to go be poked today, it would make me cry. If somebody dared try to poke me in the chest again, oh my Ooh. God. Um, but I had a few grouchy medical providers. I had, I had two specifically cranky nurses, and uh, I wish I would have stood up better for myself, but... Mm. I did, I did say, no, thank you. I told my oncologist, I said, I, I will not see that person again. I'm going to only see, see Lily right now. He was like, okay, you can have Lily. And so it was scary enough. The whole thing was so scary and so stressful. I think it's actually stress was, was greater than um, fear that mm-hmm. needed to, to attach myself to those caregivers that were going to make me feel cared for. Um, and so I hope everybody does kind of stand their ground when it comes to the medical providers they're they're utilizing and willing to see because with cancer, you keep going back, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Cause like I say, uh, um, it's not going anywhere for me and yourself in the sense we don't have the cancer, but we're going to have to have it checked, you know, um, all the time. And I don't care, you know, um, but exactly that, what you said was, you know, talk to your medical advisors because I went in, in my case, and I, and I always say disclaimer, I asked, I did go to my radiologist, but in my 
type of breast cancer, the radiologists, the bad was overriding the good. And then in the oncologist, it was the same thing because I asked questions. Though. I didn't go in there going, oh, well, someone said if I meditate in the sun, it's going to heal me. I didn't go in there with that. I went in there with, okay, what is the medication I need to take? What are the side effects? What does this happen? What is? And I mean, I'm looking at my age. I'm looking at my type of cancer. And I remember the oncologist, she put it in a, like a little spreadsheet, like a little chart came up. It was quite funny. And when she showed me, I was like, oh, so what am I? Because one of my options was to take a particular tablet, but in my case, it would have created a higher risk of a secondary cancer. Oh, Lord. So I said, well, what exactly? So I said, well, what's another option? And she said, well, another option is you have a hysterectomy, but that could cause you to have, uh, it, it increases. And this is what a lot of women don't realize. Once we actually go into menopause, it actually increases the chances of heart attack. So I'm like, oh, well, hang, hang on a minute. So because I was asking questions, believe it or not, that oncologist in the end said, you need to get out of my office. I don't have time for you. And I thought, but I'm asking questions because, yeah, and that's what I talk about. Please ask a billion questions. Today, when I talk to my surgeon, I'm going to try and ask her so many questions. I don't know if she's giving me 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, but I'm going to shoot through some questions because it's important to ask. It's important, like you said, to have a dream team. Now, when I just went in two weeks ago to my surgeon, the lady in the, um, uh, I was getting my, my ultrasound and <laughs> she felt the need to tell me, oh yes, this is looking good. This is looking good. And I thought, don't do that because had it been the opposite, I don't want to hear it from the girl doing my ultrasound. I want to hear it from my doctor. And I remember saying to my doctor, you know what Chantal said, you know, it's like, she's telling me what's the use coming to see you. Now I meant it as in, if she's going to tell me the news, why would I have to come to a doctor? And I'll never forget behind her mask, because we have to wear masks here, uh, behind her mask, she says to me, oh, no, Grace, you will be seeing me every year. And I thought, you know what, Chantel, I will see you every six months. I don't care because this is part of my life now, but I'm not going to make it my life. Does that make sense? And I have done that. And I'm not sure if you have, where I lived in fear longer than I lived in cancer. And I, I'm the first to admit that. Um, but I thought to myself, I can't because even my husband would, I would be cancer free. Grace, good to go. See you. And then my husband would say, well, that's another 364 days before you start freaking the hell out again. You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, yeah. I, I have a great ability to compartmentalize. So even once I found my lump, I was like, okay, I'm at a race weekend. I can't do anything about this now. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on, it. I'm going to focus on the opportunities at hand. And so um, I'm a science girl that really goes a long way. And given the data I've been presented, I truly believe there's a like a 1.2% chance this breast cancer is coming back. So, okay. I mean, Absolutely. I would hate it, but I don't walk around in fear. Now, I did have a scare a couple of weeks ago, right next to my port. So my this is my port scar. And mm -hmm. they use sutures for to stitch it up. And a Right over here, I have this like solid mass, which, mm. oh God, it's back. This is horrible. Um, it's, they believe it's a suture. 
But for about 10 days, I, I, I was living with this thing in the back of my head that, oh God, it's back. You know, yeah. what is this going to look like now? Am I tough enough to do it twice? You know, I just mm-hmm. agreed to run the Boston Marathon and I thought, well, I agreed to do it. So I'm going to do it now. I, the whole thing, thankfully it didn't um, come to fruition, but mm-hmm. But yeah, we will always have this little shadow behind us and it's our job to just say, get away. I'm done unless I need to be. I will be diligent and I will show up to the doctors every six months. And if I have anything weird, I will report it immediately, but I'm not going to live in fear. Cancer will not rule the rest of my days. I'm done. Absolutely. I agree. And that's exactly because like yourself, um, where they've taken out my lymph nodes, uh, every time they go over it and it hurts, <laughs> it's like, that hurts. Um, it's a big scar, but they, they're like, oh, is that a lump? And I'm like, is it a lump? But to me, it's like, oh, is it my lymph nodes? But then they go over it a hundred times and then they're like, oh no, that's the scarring of the, you know, the, where you got cut. So, you know what I mean? But, but then I get, sen- like yourself, I get sensations and I got told actually by the first breast surgeon, she said 95% of the time when women feel something, it's natural, it's nothing. But here I am going, oh, I'm feeling it. Oh, okay. It's well, let me ask you this. Your cancer, did it ever cause pain? Never. No. Never. Cancer never actually hurt me. The treatment for it beat the hell out of me, but I never had an ouch because the cancer was there. Yeah. Yes, and I agree. I agree. When when I got because I was going as well because being having my mum having cancer, I was it was five years. I was getting told, see you in twelve months, see you in twelve months, see you in twelve months. And then um, when she told me that there's something there, she said, "Oh, so did you feel anything?" I'm like, "Did I feel anything? Oh, hang on, let me think. No, did I? It started making me question myself, my sanity. I was like." Was I supposed to feel it? Is it supposed to knock on my door going, hey, guy, I'm here? I don't know, you know, (laughs) but I didn't. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today, and I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported, and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, Please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.